Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you are having an absolutely fantastic day today. Glad to be back with you guys. Uh, anyone that was close to me knew last week I was out of town for the week at the SEMA Auto Show out in Vegas, pretty much the largest auto show in the entire world. They said there was an excess of 180,000 people that attended it this year, one of the biggest that they've ever had. Uh, and it's pretty much a really cool place if you've ever been uh, into the automotive industry or you're into cars or trucks or just about anything that's in the automotive world. Um, they have everything there, including some of the newest stuff that's being released that's not even available yet and uh, from new manufacturers, from companies, from everywhere across the globe. It's really, really cool. Got to meet some good people out there. Got to see some new stuff that's coming up. And uh, had a good time just kind of getting away for a week and working on all that. And one thing that was interesting and Obviously, the people out of this show and a lot of the vendors out of this show, most of which are fairly awake. We've seen that now over the years in the automotive industry. A lot of times people that are into building and breaking the mold, so to speak, kind of pushing the narrative, don't really like to abide by many nonsensical rules. And so I talked to a lot of different guys out there, and it was funny because, you know, there's, you know, pushing every single day, you know, 100,000 plus people's convention center. Um, in total, there was over 7 million square feet of ex exhibit space. And I think maybe the entire show, I saw five or six people wearing masks. I mean, out of everybody. Compared to outside of it in regular Las Vegas area, you know, I still probably saw 5 to 10% of people still randomly wearing masks. And so it's interesting where that kind of shows you right there where a lot of the people at the show have no concern for nonsensical theater anymore. And I asked multiple manufacturers and guys that were there, especially in the truck world, and they were basically in the tire world that bases with petroleum and stuff. I asked them, I said, what is all this nonsensical theater we're hearing about diesel shortages? And pretty much in unison with multiple people I talked to, they said, dude, there's no diesel shortage. They said there's never been a diesel shortage. The ability to produce diesel in the refineries and everything else has not been restricted to an extent that we're seeing a massive, massive diesel shortage. And one of the guys who actually was manufacturer of a brand of tires, he told me, he said, what has happened is now, he said, Exxon, Mobil, BP, all the heavy hitters, if you guys recall a couple months ago, they pretty much had – record quarterly profits of like all-time high, the most they've ever made in profits in the last year with a massive spike in fuel because of, oh, big bad Russia. And what they have found is that diesel has an inelastic demand curve. Every single semi-truck runs on diesel. Uh, basically, the cruise ships, not the cruise ships, the uh, tanker ships, the transport ships, UPS trucks, just about every single thing that transports any types of goods is run on diesel, meaning it doesn't matter if diesel goes up to $10 a gallon. The entire fleet of UPS is diesel trucks. They're just going to raise their price to compensate for the additional price and fuel, and they're going to keep delivering packages. The same thing goes with semi-trucks. Semi-trucks aren't just going to stop transferring shipments. They're just going to pay the extra cost in fuel, and they're going to add it on to the shipment cost when it gets to the, the end user. So there's a demand for a diesel that's not going to stop, and they know this. This is why they have now used the excuse to continually push up diesel fuel higher and higher and higher and higher, producing massive amount of profits again. 
what they're also doing, this is something that I had a discussion on with another guy there. He said what they're also getting ready to do now, he said because the hardcore communists and Democrats that are in office right now, majority of them know they're about to get their butts handed to them tomorrow, November 8th. They already know that. If, if they can't steal the election outright with massive fraud, they're going to get their butts handed to them. And what they're getting ready to do now is they're getting ready to spool it up in the media if the Republicans win and take over a huge amount of seats and basically have a big red wave. The media can now immediately start within the next coming weeks saying, well, this is what happened. The Republicans allowed diesel to be shorted, and now there's no diesel fuel. Now everything stopped being, uh, being able to be delivered. No, you can't get it anymore now. It's, it's because of the Republicans. This is what happened when you guys voted for Republicans. Now they've ruined the, the economy. When at the same time, it's the actual manufacturers behind the scenes with the banker boys that are intentionally causing this reduction at the same time, causing the price to go up. But a true shortage is not in effect. This is a contrived theater, and it's the greatest example you could ever see. And so what we're watching happen now is they're getting the dominoes and narrative in place for what's about to start happening over the next month or two. Now, will they start reducing shipments of diesel fuel? Well, they can do anything they want as far as these these executives and these guys that are running the show. They can stop if they want. They can start running the price up. They can reduce the production. They can reduce the shipments of diesel fuel to all these semi-truck you know, truck stops. And then they can do is they can just run up to six, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a gallon. We've already seen the biggest discrepancy in history in the United States with diesel fuel and gasoline. Down here in Florida, gasoline's like three ten, three fifteen a gallon. They're regular gasoline. You know, diesel fuel's like five fifteen, five twenty. I mean, we have a two dollar discrepancy. That's insanity. I've never seen that before in my life. For the longest time, before there was this direct manipulation, especially in the 80s and 90s, diesel was always cheaper than gasoline because so much of it was produced and so much of it was used. It was very easy to manufacture, and essentially the refining of it is not nearly as pure as pure gasoline is. So this is what they're doing. So all this theater you keep hearing about is we're running out of diesel. We're, running out. we're not running out of diesel. We're having an intentional shorting of the market in order to raise the price of it, in order to increase massive profits, in order to blame it on the Republicans if they get in so they can start saying this is why your goods and services have become so expensive because we're paying six, seven, eight dollars a gallon for diesel fuel. I want to just clarify that and get that out there because I had that conversation with a lot of guys out there at this auto show in Vegas and if anybody knows the industry, it's some of these heavy hitters because they spend a lot of money to be out there, and they're very directly related into the industry. So, again, thank you guys for supporting Health Masters. It's good to be back with you. If you need anything, be sure to give us a call or email us at healthmasters.com, 1-800-726-1834. Be sure to check out the product of the week. The B-Complex, probably one of the most effective B vitamins I've ever seen on the market Highly bioactive B vitamins, very, very good for the brain, very, very good for the immune system, very, very good for energy. Be sure to check it out at Health Masters as product of the week right now on sale for only the next couple days. And be sure to vote for what you want to see win coming up this Wednesday right now on the website at healthmasters.com as product of the week. And also, too, speaking of the Russian narrative starting to collapse very rapidly, Holland has now become the first European country to withdraw sanctions against Russia without permission from the EU. This is a big deal, and apparently Holland has started to realize 
this theater show that the EU has conducted over the past year trying to pretend that Russia is the big bad boogeyman and that the entire world needs to suffer by putting sanctions and reducing their oil and gas flow into Europe is pretty much one of the stupidest things we've ever heard of for an excuse. Again, as I told you before, it wasn't that they're trying to go in and they want to actually sanction Russia, the bankers and basically this these communists that are running the show over there. They simply just wanted to have an excuse to, in order to push their climate change to make people suffer and cause the cost of everything to go through the roof, including fuel and gas, and actually cause people to essentially get really, really cold. And, oh, remember, you're freezing in your house and you're paying $10 a gallon for diesel. Well, it's, it's, it's for your safety. It's so we can protect you against Russia. That's why we're doing all this. And apparently Holland now has said they've had enough. They've issued 92 waivers from sanctions against Russia since the country first allegedly invaded Ukraine late in February. And it apparently appears that they are no longer going to comply with the EU on any of these sanctions. And so we'll see how this plays out, if other countries are going to follow suit on this. I hope they do because this theater has gotten out of hand and it's been completely and totally fabricated from the very beginning on every single thing we've been told over there. This is why you have to look outside the box with a lot of situations. Everything you hear, everything you talk about that is on the mainstream media is designed to change your narrative. When we were up in one of the hotels over in Vegas, I had one of my buddies with me, actually two of my buddies with me. We were up on like the 31st floor of this hotel. And I walked over. I said, yeah, I said, you want to see something funny? And they said, what do you mean? I walked over to the window. So there's no balconies in Vegas pretty much anywhere. And it's all, all glass. They don't want people jumping off the balconies after they lose all their monies in the greedy casinos. And I, I whacked on the glass super hard with my ring finger and went, dong. And they looked at me and said, you're going to break that. I said, oh, I'm not going to break that. I said, you can take that chair right there and you can hit this glass as hard as you can and you will not break that glass. I said, you can feel it. I said, it's extremely reinforced, insulated uh, hurricane windows. I said, I used to install these for ICF builders, not on this level, this size, but similar too. And I said, you can take a baseball bat and hit this window as hard as you can and the bat's going to bounce off of it. And I said, whack it real quick. They, they whacked the window and they got – Golly, that's really, really hard. It's responsive. Like it pushes back. I said, yeah. I said, why do you think in dust storms and massive storms you see out here in the desert, you don't ever see any windows break out? And they said, well, I don't know. I said, why do you think, how do you think some random guy up in Mandalay Bay suddenly was able to break out two gigantic hurricane-resistant windows on the 36th floor of the Mandalay Bay with a chair and then suddenly start shooting out from you know 500 yards away, 600 yards away from an elevated position with massive winds. I said, it didn't happen. I said, the whole thing was total theater. I said, there was a helicopter running around that numerous people reported having gunshot muzzle flashing coming from it. I said, if he would have blown out these windows in this hotel, he would have had to use demolition. He'd have had to blow out the windows with demo. I said, not only that, you would have heard it in the entire hotel. So it would have shook, blown the whole wall out. So you can't just break windows out and crack them open. I said, this was all controlled theater and they needed to use it. I said, isn't it funny that you have allegedly the largest mass shooting in recorded history in the United States and nobody talks about it at all anymore? It's like, hush, hush, don't bring it up, don't talk about it. I brought it up to numerous people to Uber drivers when we were in Vegas. And almost inadvertently, anybody who was out there when it happened, they all said the same thing last time. They said, well, nothing about that situation made any sense. 
They said it just didn't make sense. And I brought up the aspects of windows and stuff like that as far as the strength of them. And they always go, well, yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense either. This is why I continually tell you, ask questions that are outside of the box to people, especially people that may have more knowledge than you in certain areas of the world, certain places you go. It's always interesting to get different perspectives. I'm always about that. And this is why it's so crucial that you keep getting the truth out there. Tomorrow, there's a, this is a big election in the United States. And this is why I've been very, very active talking to a lot of people. A lot of precincts are making sure everything's going to stay as accurate and as healthy as far as from a true republic election. But we'll see how much of this can actually be changed and how many people we can get in place that are going to stand up and actually push the truth. Because right now, I think a lot of people have been pretty sick and tired of what's going on. I mean, you can't really talk to anybody that actually agrees with what's being done as a good idea, unless they're just some of these hardcore loony leftists or, you know, trannies, whatever, whatever some of these people, I mean, they're all about that. So again, though, keep the fight up, keep getting the truth out there, keep asking questions. And remember, if it's constantly repeated every single day on the mainstream media, there's a high probability it is not accurate as far as what's really going on behind the scenes. What do you think, Dan? Uh, you're 100% right, Austin, and I'm, I'm going to cover these different stories you covered real quick. I'm going to give you a little synopsis on what you said this morning, and we'll start off with this information from Vegas. And if you guys remember when they breached the room that supposedly the shooter was in several years ago with his Mandalay Bay, the windows weren't broken out. They were all shocked. In fact, the body cam footage showed that. And what was funny about all of that, you know, that was it had to be released to be a, a Supreme Court judge out there in, in, in Vegas, a state Supreme Court judge. And because nobody wanted to release it, the media didn't want to release because the government didn't want to release because the people that run the planet, who run the world, who run our government, who run our media, same group of people that we mention all the time on this show, same ones who took down Building 7, uh, are the ones who orchestrated that entire mess out there with Mandalay Bay. And it was all about more gun control, getting rid of bump stock fire guns, all of this stuff. It was. And like Austin said, you're shooting five, six, seven hundred yards away from an elevated position with heavy crosswinds. You can't hit anything. It's too far. It's just too far away, and plus the windows were broken out, and plus you see the copter with all the muzzle flashes coming out, and then you find, find out they were having all kinds of acting drills and fake acting drills and everything else the same day. I mean, also went out there just a couple of weeks after that, and everybody said it's not what, said, not, what they're telling you did not happen. And it's, just, it's just the whole thing's just kabuki theater. It's the same thing, you remember a couple of years ago, that gay nightclub got shot up in Orlando, and also and I decided to go to the gay nightclub. It sounds odd, doesn't it, Austin? And we did a couple of days later, and they told us that the guy was having retired. So he, the, the whole nightclub had been shot up, and he was sitting in the doorway, and they were returning fire at him, and there were you know bullet holes all over the outside of the nightclub. And Austin, I thought, well, heck, we're hour, less than an hour drive. Let's go to the gay club. And of course, it was closed, and it was like a six-foot barrier all the way around. It had been put up with a chain-link fence. It had like a covering on it. Been, a lot of it had been torn loose. You see, and, and we walked up to the covering, and we looked through it, and there was not one bullet hole on the outside of the nightclub, not one. You couldn't see anything. There weren't any chips in the paint. There was nothing. It's just, you know, it's kind of a rundown little dump is what it was, but we didn't see anything. And then we walked to the back door, and they had like a hazmat team there, kind of a medical examiner team. They were still there, and there were two cops sitting there on a cooler, an ice chest full of water. And we started asking them questions. They were real hush-hush, and they said, we have, we've got a gag order by the FBI on us. Can't talk. And I'm like, okay, we can't talk about anything. No, can't talk. And I'm like, oh, Okay. So then Austin and I walked around the front, and there was a guy, I think it was in a Dodge Ram truck with a diesel, and he had it running as another sheriff's officer. It was a fully marked vehicle, and Austin and I walked up to him. We said, you know, hey, what's really going on here? And he said, I can't talk about it. I said, but what about what the news said? Where are all the gun holes? Where are all the bullet holes? And he goes, everything you heard and everything you read about in the media was a lie. 
That's what he said. Austin was with me. And I'm looking at the guy going, really? He goes, yeah, he goes, it'll eventually come out. But it never did. It never eventually came out because when it was shown with the body cam footage that the, when they breached the room at the Mandalay, that the windows weren't broken out, that got hushed, hushed up real quick, too. Because remember, the media is controlled through the Rothschild banking cartel, through the individual corporations of BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. They're controlled by the bloodline families. And then they go through Reuters and basically the different news wires, and they own all of that. AP wire, news Reuters wires, it's all owned by the, you know, the international banks. And they tell you what the news is. And they tell their broadcasters what the news is going to be and what they're going to report on. And if they don't do that, if they don't follow the narrative, if they don't read the script, if they come off a script, they're quickly taken off. Remember when Glenn Beck, and I'm not a big fan of Glenn Beck, and a lot of you guys are, but I'm not, okay? The guy just cries too much for me, quite frankly, and he's, he's not a Christian. And, and so it was un- – now, don't start on me. I don't want any letters on that, okay? Don't start on me. You know, the Mormon faith believes that Jesus Christ and Lucifer are brothers, period. That ain't Christianity, guys. Lucifer and Jesus are not brothers. Jesus was created in the image of the Most High God, and they are not brothers. And so, you know, that that can't be Christianity if you believe that. So don't just do your own research on that before you start sending me letters about that. But the reality is, and listen to me, guys, if you're a Mormon, you know, go talk to your elders, you guys, about that. Because the Mormon church is steeped out of the Zohar and a lot of the Kabbalah stuff and also the Masonic lodges. And you need to be aware of that if you're getting involved in stuff like that. But the Pulse nightclub thing, that was a complete total scam. It simply didn't happen. And then Austin was talking about how you have to do it for your safety to freeze to death in the middle of the winter in Europe because you're supporting you know, safety and freedom. When they're telling you really you're supporting the, the Nazi regime out of the Ukraine – with you know Zelensky over there dancing in high heels and black leathers and <laughs> make this stuff up. That's what you're supporting if you really want to support that. And that whole thing's kabuki theater. I don't know how much of the actual war that's happening over there supposedly is actually happening. I know there are some battles being fought. I know there's some you know things happening because I have a friend of mine who used to live over there and he's reported that to me and he has friends that are still there. But how much of that is is theater? Watch the movie Wag the Wag the Dog, and when you start to understand all of this stuff, now now let's step up to the diesel thing that Austin talked about. It's the speculators that I mentioned last week that pushed the prices up, pushed the prices up, pushed the prices up. And all these speculators leaders are working for the big corporations that are owned by Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street because they want to create a higher demand with a higher price for the diesel by causing shortages. And Austin said something, and I want to explain to you what this means. He said there's an inelastic demand curve when it comes to diesel prices or diesel, diesel fuel. And, then, and let me explain what that means. If a person's an adult is, is in a juvenile diabetic, if a person is, if a, if a person is a juvenile diabetic and they have to have insulin, you know, it doesn't make any difference if the insulin costs five dollars a vial, ten dollars a vial, or hundred dollars a vial. If they don't have the insulin, they're gonna die. That creates an inelastic demand curve, which means it can't stretch. It's always there at a certain given rate. That's why they try to regulate the price of insulin. Now, insulin has gone through the roof because the, the profit centers of these giant corporations that are owned by the same people that we just mentioned want to increase the amount of profit they're going to make. The same thing is true with diesel fuel. It has an inelastic demand curve. You have to have X amount of trucks, X amount of trains, X amount of ships flying around and driving around, you know, including the airplanes, which also run off a type of diesel, which is the aircraft fuel with additives to it, the jet fuel. And, and people need to understand that they can cause this these companies to buy the price of the diesel no matter what happens this is when the government needs to come in and regulate this stuff and start fining people and putting people in jail when they do this but they won't do that because you know the government's kind of like a fascism thing now where the corporations are being run by the government the government's running the corporations because of this intertwining of what's happening 
And, and we need to be aware of who all these guys are and why they're doing this. And it's all about bringing us into a new world order. That's what it's all about. And so now they're going to basically say, well, we have an inelastic demand curve with diesel, so therefore we can charge whatever we want to it, and they have to pay it. Like Austin said, if it's $5 or $6 or $10 or $12 or $20 a gallon, that make a difference. There's no shortage of diesel. This is going to cause massive profits again for Exxon and Shell and, and Mobil and all the rest of the big companies that are out there, which is going to massively increase the profits of the Rockefeller-Rothschild industrial complex. And the irony of this, Austin, and I've talked about it so many times on the show, these guys already own the central banks. They can already print currency at unlimited amounts or add dots and dashes and digits to their fractional reserve currency on their computer screens and make as much money as they possibly want. They don't have to do this to the human to the population of the planet. And then Biden's stumbling around on stage yesterday and almost falls off the stage again and says, you know, we're not going to do any more coal. We're not going to do any more drilling, blah, 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 as he's as he's as he's as the buffoon basically is having to be let off again so he doesn't collapse on the stage and basically die in front of everybody. If that's really Biden who's walking around, we don't even know anymore with all the stuff they do with, you know, with those special effects with TV and the TV radio or whatever they could do now, the digital editing. And so we have all of this stuff. And, and then let's talk for one second about. What's going on as far as the COVID and not wearing the masks out in Vegas that Austin was mentioning and how people in the streets are still wearing 5 to 10 percent of them are still wearing the mask. And those are still the same people that are getting all of the vaccines. In most cases, most people that are you know, not going to wear masks aren't going to get vaccines because they doubt the whole kabuki theater of all of this stuff. But we need to also realize is that when they can create a demand for vaccines or they can create a demand for long term COVID patients you know, using different types of drugs. They, again, create huge profit centers for themselves. A few years ago, I was reading the Financial Times, which I used to read all the time, and then I finally realized it's also controlled by the same group that runs the planet. And I realized that you know they basically tell you some truth in some of these publications, but the overall part of it is just going to be more kabuki theater and more obfuscation. And, but they had one article in there one time, and I kept it for years, and I probably still have it in the house somewhere. It's a newspaper clipping that I pulled out. It was talking about how they want to make cancer a long-term growth opportunity for drugs that will keep people on cancer drugs for years, if not decades, like they do diabetes, because they found that with insulin, <laughs> like I just said, they can increase the price as much as they want. Well, they've got you on a drug for cancer, and suddenly you say, oh, by the way, the cancer drugs are going to go up from 500 a month to 1,000 a month to 10,000 a month. It doesn't make any difference. You're going to bankrupt yourself to get your cancer drug if you really believe that that drug is keeping you alive. And they learn all these things with human beings, and they do it through the advertising. Remember, in Europe, they're not allowed to advertise drugs on TV. They're not allowed to do what they do in the United States. My favorite stuff are these things like Chantix. Remember, they tell you if you take this drug, it'll stop you from smoking, right? And so then they tell you, oh, by the way, you know, they have you running through the fields, you know, chasing butterflies with a net. And I'm using that as a metaphor now. And a lot of these different drug companies do that. And they have the same thing with arthritis drugs. And they come in and they tell you, oh, by the way, you can kill yourself on this drug. I mean, you'll commit suicide. Uh, you're going to have all kinds of gastrointestinal problems. Uh, you, your heart may stop. Uh, you may not be able to breathe anymore. And I'm using these there's different examples of different types of drugs, but they don't give you all of that up front. They don't say to you, if you take this drug, you're going to have a high probability of committing suicide. They don't lead with that. They lead with you running around your family, going to a ball game or playing softball or whatever, and how you're going to reduce this, do this or that. It's all theater, and it's all done by Edward Bernays, who is the Kabbalist, who is the cousin of Sigmund Freud that we mentioned him many, many times. And now also, there was an article that came out in the dossier today that said the Pfizer way, produce the sickness and sell the cure. Prior to COVID mania, somewhat common wisdom to receive claims advanced by many major drug companies with necessary skepticism, especially drug companies with a track record of a multi-billion dollar fraud settlement. 
On Tuesday, Pfizer released its latest revenue numbers, with the drug maker posting another quarter of massive revenues and profits granted through the taxpayer funnel. Again, they make us pay for it through the government. The drug maker is set to end this year with an estimated, this is insanity, guys, $100 billion in revenue, with around one-third of its government handout cash being net income, a third of its net income to Pfizer. Additionally, almost all of this net income will have to come from its mRNA gene therapy shots and Plaxloid, the COVID-19 oral pill, best known for its Plaxoid rebound side effects. Miracle Cure it is not. Pfizer is already recommending your fifth and sixth doses for its once-claimed immunizing vaccine. Now they're going to have fifth and sixth doses, 10 doses, 20 doses, 30 doses, and some people are crazy enough they're going to do that. The, 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 the mRNA COVID shot doesn't work to prevent COVID, and they, they're actually admitting that now, but they're still recommending more and more and more vaccines. And the sad part about all of this stuff is when you stop to take a look at it, it's you know, it's all about what I mentioned earlier, increasing the profits of these incredibly greedy corporations. That's why Jesus said the love of money is the root of all evil. And once you understand that, you start to see the – you know, the, you, get, you, get, you, get, you, get, you get brain-checked and you realize, why is this? Well, these people are greedy. It's the deepest point. It's all about avarice and greed, and they can never have enough. They already control the money supply, but that doesn't make a difference to them. They want more and more and more. They're consumed with the sickness of greed, and that's why Jesus straight called that out and said that. Now, also, you know, Soros and Biden administration. This is an article out of Breitbart. Soros, Soros. Okay, this is and it says Rockefeller, which basically is Rockefeller Rothschild. I mentioned that in depth last week. Soros, the Rockefeller Rothschild organization, the Biden administration fund opposition media org launch in Hungary reports. So not only are they doing it in our country, they're doing it in Hungary and all over the world. The Open Society Foundation, Rockefeller Rothschild Foundation, and the Biden administration are funding an opposition media organization setting up an office in Hungary, reports have claimed. Entered news an organization that aims to support independent media in various countries is said to be setting up branches in Hungary using funding granted to it by the Biden administration. Of course they are. I mean, why are we involved in this? Well, that's CIA again. The CIA is all about coming in and destroying other countries and their governments and overthrowing them. And the CIA is a black magic satanic organization that is controlled again through probably Mossad and other deep think tanks that basically want to have the one world government, the one world religion, and the return of and the basically of having Lucifer come out into the into the off on the temple steps. With the the group also receiving funding from George Soros Open Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, and a variety of Silicon Valley tech giants, all controlled through the Rothschild banking cartels. The reported plan for the new interviews off comes amid increasing tensions between Budapest and Washington, D.C. According to the Hungarian outlet Pesasarak, the opposition media organization is setting up an office in Budapest with the support of the U.S. government. Such a claim appears to be backed by a number of job postings on internews websites which say that the group is now hiring for a U.S. government-funded project that is to be based out of the Hungarian capital. So remember, the United States has been involved and actively involved in the past 70, 80 years with the CIA of literally throwing over and throwing over governments all over the world. And, and you've got to get that. You really have to get it. And then, now here's another article that came out by Matt Agarest. He said that they will torture me to death. Crypto pioneer drowns hours after tweeting on discovering the CIA pedophilia ring. Again, more and more controversy here because these guys are all involved in it together. And here's what he said. This is his quote. CIA and Mossad and the pedo elite 
are running some type of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and the Caribbean islands. They're going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend who was a spy because that's what they do. It's, it's called the honeypot. Robert W. Steele came on our show years ago and talked about the honeypot of who Jared Kushner is with Ivanka Trump. He goes, they will either torture me to death. These were the last words put on the Internet by Nikolai Mushikinsky, the co-founder of the highly successful cryptocurrency lending platform, MakerDAO, and a major player in the cryptocurrency community. And, of course, he was found dead just hours later, you know, in Condano Beach in San Juan after being dragged over the rocks and sand by strong undercurrents. Now, are these guys involved in his death? Probably. I mean, he told them told us that they were going to kill him, and he specifically says CIA, Mossad, and the pedo elite. Because remember, this thing is a sex death cult. This whole thing is involved with you know the sacrificing of children through Baal and Moloch and the Asherah through abortion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they're all about doing what they're going to do on an ongoing basis to all of us to try to get their quote-unquote antichrist god up. And it's all part of that Kabbalah Luciferian group. They don't see human beings as humans. They see them as animals, and they don't care who they kill or what they do. And so you get a person like this who's a billionaire. He's part of the Billionaire Boys Club. They realize he has a tremendous media footprint, and he can do pretty much whatever he wants and go around what they're going to say because, hey, that's what you know, they don't want you to do, right? They, they're not ready to do any of this stuff, and they say we're not going to allow us or allow them to say much. That's why I'm still surprised that Kanye is basically breathing air. And he even warned – he even said, if they kill me, <laughs> he says to me worse than it was with Joy Floyd. He's even warning everybody they may take him out because of what he said. And again, and I wish the only thing he would do is this. I wish he would say the synagogue of Satan. I wish he would do that. If he said that, he quoted the Bible verse for it. What would happen is it would be one of those things people go, wow, you know, he's telling us the truth and he's doing what needs to be done. Also back to the political stand. And this is something that I really don't understand, and I, I really don't get any of this stuff because it's just so such kabuki theater. You know, uh, Don, Ron, it's, 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 this is from the Daily Mail. and it said it's, it's the Ron versus the Don. Uh, the MAGA battle comes to Florida as Trump and the GOP governor hold dueling rallies in their final midterms push after the ex-president called him de-sanctimonious as he bragged he is beating him in the 2024 polls. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are holding political rallies in Florida on Sunday. Trump is headlining Make America Great Rally in Miami, while DeSantis appears on Florida's other Gulf Coast in Sarasota County. The popular Sunshine State government's governor's, governor's reluctance to rule out a 2024 primary challenge against Trump has basically rankled the former president. Trump tore into the potential primary rivals at a rally in Pennsylvania on Saturday. DeSantis is appearing at three events for his Don't Tread on Florida tour. He amassed a war chest DeSantis has of roughly $200 million, an eye-popping sum for a gubernatorial candidate that's more on par with a national race. Now, here's the problem I have with Trump is that he has to belittle everybody, de-sanctimonious to DeSantis. I mean, that's just not right. I mean, why in the world is he out here calling him names already? I mean, we're supposed to be together in this. Is that not right? But remember, what does Donald Trump do? He causes friction. I mean, if he has a person like DeSantis that's really, really – doing what they're supposed to do, then why in the world is he hammering DeSantis nationally? Last night I was having dinner here at a restaurant in Sarasota. I happened to be here in Sarasota yesterday, and it was interesting because there were four ladies sitting at dinner, and they were arguing about the check. (laughs) I kid you not, about who had the money, who had the cash for this or that, and they were trying to split it. And and ladies, you guys are great, right? 
but guys don't do that. They just throw the cash down and say, whatever, figure it out. But ladies like to do everything to the penny. And they didn't have $5 bills to pass around to the server and all the other things. So I walked over there as I was leaving, and I said, uh, do you guys need some change? you need some help? <laughs> do you guys need some money? Because I was laughing. And they had just left the DeSantis rally. And they started on DeSantis. They started talking about how great he was, and I agreed with them. And they were and they were broadcasting. They were just telling everybody about how great Trump was, how great DeSantis was. And I looked at him, and I kind of laughed. And I said, well, I like what you're saying. I said, but I'd rather have DeSantis as president versus Donald Trump. They said, oh, no, no, it needs to be Donald Trump and DeSantis. And I said, well, I think it needs to be DeSantis. And I said, but that would be a great ticket if you did get Trump in, which I didn't want to say that to them. It would be bad. But I, if you had DeSantis and you had Trump, and I said, I'd like to have Grady Judd. As attorney general. And they said, who's Grady Judd? I said, oh, that'd be Polk County Sheriff. They, I said, that's shoot him again, Grady. And they all started laughing. Oh, yeah, we love him. We love him. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, we've got a lot of people now in election politics in the United States and in Florida particularly. And I said, well, we all love DeSantis because he kept us as a free state and didn't lock us down. They said, that's right. And I said, I would love to have him as president of the United States. And the thing about it is, is that more and more people, and these, these ladies were very, very vocal. I mean, we were out on a deck here at a hotel, and they were just broadcasting their you know, affirmations for Trump and for DeSantis. And I thought to myself, I like this. I like the fact that people are actually getting more and more vocal as far as what they believe and what they want to have happen as far as election politics. But it's like Austin said earlier in the show, it all depends on how much – fraud we have in the election process but here's the thing they can't do there's so many different precincts and so many different counties and so many city and state elections they can't hack all of them they can't so many school board elections there's so many things out there they can't hack it all so that's why i urge all of you, you guys i got a letter from somebody well i'm not going to vote anymore I've, I've become a political agnostic and a voting agnostic i have no, no I, I got that on the bigger elections we got a real problem with that because of the diabolical voting machines and other types of voting machines which in some cases can be manipulated we know that but the reality is you need to be voting in local elections if you got a lousy judge on the bench they're not going to try to hack that election and hack that judge's vote. They're not going to do all that. So there's too many of those types of elections taking place. Get these people out of power. Get them off the bench. Get these weirdo school board members that are pushing critical race theory and all the other stuff. Get them off the. Get them out of the school boards. Get them out of your counties. Get them out of your areas. Make them go somewhere else where they can be weird somewhere else, but not your area. So I urge everybody to vote tomorrow and vote for the right candidates. And I think that's really, really important. Also, what do you think? What do you think? How important is it for everybody to show up tomorrow and vote for at least the school boards, at least the county, at least the city commission, all of that? What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? Absolutely crucial. I've had numerous discussions with people just like you have as well that simply go, well, I'm just not going to vote anymore. You know, the whole concept of an actual republic, a constitutional republic being able to function, it's based on the duty of the citizens voting. And people constantly have had argument, well, it doesn't matter. Vote doesn't count, this and that. Well, stuff for the presidency, we saw that last one. It didn't count. As far as when it comes to school boards and stuff like that, oh, it absolutely counts. I've seen that directly because, as Dad just mentioned, dude, you're not going to have them trying to go in and twist votes and you know change stuff counting school board electors. It's too difficult. It takes too much work, especially in a state like Florida where it's very, very difficult to commit election fraud to begin with, trying to go in and do something criminal and commit felony charges with voter fraud to try to get a school board member up just doesn't it doesn't that doesn't happen. You know, I mean maybe, maybe in some massive state like California where they can go in and there's not going to be any type of reprisal because the voting over there is so loose. Like anybody can just show up from anywhere. I'm voting California. I'm voting from here. It's silly out there. That's a failed state. It's a different place. 
But in states that are awake and alive, absolutely it's crucial. I've continually encouraged people to do that. And make sure you do your own research. I mean, I've got a sample ballot that I've researched here. I was talking to Suzette, my mother-in-law, yesterday about it today, about the different ones we looked at. I had my brother look at it yesterday when he was in town. And, uh, you know, we were going over some of the same stuff with one of the judges. And I was hoping, you know, remove this one judge. And Harrison goes, oh, yeah, he goes, absolutely remove him. He goes, he's unbelievably liberal. You got you to gotta bump him out, get him out of there. I said, okay, so you got to do your own research because I'm not going to lie. When I first started voting, you know, when I was, you know, 18 or 20, when the first election was I voted him, usually the primary main candidate is the only one you ever look for. All the other ones are like, oh, I don't know, whatever, vote for it. You don't really know any better. I've told people for the longest time, stop that nonsense. The same thing when it comes to the amendments. They start coming in with all these new amendments. Be very, very cautious about those amendments and do some research on because it is so – so misleading on what they do with the titles of those amendments. I have seen so many amendments get passed in this state that have no business being passed in this free state because people simply saw a commercial or they read a title and said, oh, we got to stop this. We got to stop. We can't can't let this happen. I mean I told you guys out out in Tampa, out there in uh, Hillsborough County, they voted for an amendment to raise their own county sales tax to increase it higher to pay more money. They actually voted to pay more in taxes out there. I still couldn't figure that one out when they did it. I said, no, you guys are, you guys are figure that one out on your own. The tax rate's already high enough. Florida, by the way, already has a massive, massive glut of money here in the state of Florida as far as from sales tax. We have no debt in the state at all. I mean, we have massive, massive excess cash, and quite frankly, they are spending a lot of it in the infrastructure. They're doing massive construction all over the place for the roads now, finally, especially on I-4. It's still a nightmare to drive on, but they're actually doing some massive infrastructure improvements. And so be very, very cautious and be very educated when you make these decisions because there's obviously a lot to gain here and a lot to lose here because as we've seen over the last year and a half, these guys – they're, they know no bounds of their their ability to go in and just continue to lie and cheat and steal as much as they can. You've got to hold them accountable. Also, to another news, this is interesting. New article came out from uh, Health Impact. They said dying unexpectedly, in quotes, cases surge with more deaths in 2022 than in 2020 and in 2021 combined as people get COVID-19 vaccines everywhere. What's happened is now the random dying unexpectedly or the sudden adult death syndrome is becoming so bad, especially in England and Wales, where it appears it's actually being recorded more often, is running higher than any other year, including during the actual pandemic. The latest figures show the national statistics that the week ending October 21st, there were 1,714 excess sudden adult deaths in England and Wales, with only 400 of them were due to COVID-related incidences. This is starting to become a very, very bad trend, and there was an article somebody had sent me about an 18-year-old teenage daughter, and it, it hurt my, my heart when I read it because it was sad. This Texas mother is basically talking about trying to bring justice following the death of her healthy, athletic 18-year-old daughter after she, she received the COVID-19 booster. Kayla Rose Lumpkins went to sleep, never woke up. Mom went in her bedroom, found her, thought she was sleeping, went to wake her up. 
completely dead. Basically, EMT showed up on the scene, no reviver. She'd been dead at some time during the night and uh, got the booster shot back on uh, September 8th. This happened a couple weeks ago. Basically, was doing perfectly fine, not even really having any side effects, and suddenly just never woke back up. This is becoming a regular occurrence. As sad as this is, as heartbreaking as this is, this is becoming a regular occurrence. I encourage you, Please be cautious if you have kids, if you have teenagers, if you have friends with kids. Be very cautious about talking or even considering this shot. This thing is not a joke anymore, guys. It has become way past what everybody thought it was now. This is becoming such a regular occurrence. Remember, I read you guys again a month and a half ago. The headlines that the mainstream media was putting out discussing how, oh, falling asleep on the couch can cause you to die suddenly in your sleep. Oh, falling asleep watching TV can cause you to suddenly die in your sleep. Oh, gardening can increase your risk of stroke and death if you garden. Oh, going up and staying up too late and going to bed too or late or some, some nefarious one. Oh, if you do this, you're going to die in your sleep. Why all of a sudden is this becoming a regular thing? One the other day I told you guys, oh, playing too much video games can increase childhood death and mortality. Okay, well, first off, some of those things can definitely be not healthy for you. But when's the last time you heard about kids dying in their sleep because they played too many video games or because they fell asleep on the couch? Newsflash, that's never been a cause, ever. This is happening over and over and over again. It was interesting. There was an article that uh, a doctor put together that I was reading earlier from uh, Peter McCullough, and he interviewed a Alexandria Latapova, who's MBA and a former pharmaceutical executive in an independent analysis, and she made it clear with reports on trial site news that the deaths reported in VAERS after the COVID-19 vaccine are not randomly distributed according to the manufacturing lots like they said that they were. She said they're aggregating specific hot lots, just like we talked about. She went on to say there was the data on 33 lots of the Pfizer vaccine 80% of the deaths related to the COVID shot was from just 35% of the lots now. She went on to say here that there was also the manufacturing process explains that the rush nature of the vaccine manufacturing was not done by exactly by Pfizer. Pfizer was not the one who came up with this. Moderna was not the one that came up with this. The Department of Defense is the one who was actually the developer of the vaccines under the Emergency Use Authorization Countermeasures Program. The DOD and DARPA were the ones who designed these shots. Pfizer and Moderna were the ones that came out and basically were the contractors to start producing them. But DARPA and the DOD were the ones that actually were making these as far as research. Specifically, the, the, the DARPA came out was the mass vaccination DOD operations, what they put together with this. And when you start realizing that it says part of the Autonomous Diagnostic to Enable Prevention and Therapeutics Program in 2011, DARPA began investigating this RNA vaccines. The hypothesis was that rather than delivering antigens to the immune system, they could deliver genes that encode the antigen and allow the body to produce an anti-antigen from its own cells, basically causing the body to produce the virus and to produce an immunity to it. This was all DARPA technology, guys, that they put together 10 years ago. That's why I told you when they came out all of a sudden said, oh, oh, we've now found a new RNA vaccine that will cure COVID. We figured it out. In three months, we'll have it ready. 
it wasn't three months to have it ready. This technology has been in the work for a decade. They've been working on it for a decade. They needed an excuse to roll out this experimental technology on the human populace to see what it was going to do. Because the clinical trials showed that it wasn't very effective as far as preventing transmission, stopping transmission, producing immunity. It didn't show any of that at all. What it was, it was a massive, massive bioweapon that they wanted to see what was going to happen when they spread it across the population. It was a DOD experiment, guys, with DARPA. That's why this thing was ramped up with Operation Warp Speed so quickly. Remember we told you guys, and Dad brought up as well, how in the world suddenly does a manufacturing company come up with a brand new alleged RNA vaccine that's never been produced before and suddenly has the capacity to ramp this stuff up to hundreds of millions of vials within a month and suddenly all the vials have to be kept it was like negative 70 degrees in freezers how in the world do you go through all that infrastructure transporting storage manufacturing research and do all of that in a period of a couple months the answer is it doesn't happen That stuff was built and looked at and designed years and years and years ago, and they were waiting for the excuse to roll it out, in my opinion. But that's what this basically researchers talked about as well. So when you start hearing this stuff, oh, yeah, they they rolled it out. This wasn't completely experimental. It was a complete experiment. But there was nothing about this that was rolled out in three months whatsoever. This is why you're seeing now this sudden continual push. They continually are running the experiment, guys. They blatantly came out and said they have altered the RNA gene therapy shot in the new bivalent vaccine. It's a different shot. The FDA is simply there for theater. The FDA is going to approve every single shot that Pfizer submits to them. Every single shot. Guarantee you 100% now because FDA is not running the show anymore. The DOD and DARPA are now running the show. This is a DARPA DOD experiment that they rolled out. This is why the FDA has greenlighted Every single thing, even when they came in with the research and showed it did not work at preventing transmission, it did not work at protecting young children. In fact, the side effects on these young children, six months to four or six months to four years old, the side effects were horrific in some cases in the research. They simply said, doesn't matter. We don't even need to see the research. It's green stamped. It's rubber stamped. It's good to go. It's because FDA was never going to say it wasn't going to work. They knew it wasn't going to work. They were told they had to green light it. But I wanted to bring that up because we've talked about that before, and now this lady is basically going into detail now about this. This Alexandria lady is going into detail about how this was not a pharmaceutical miracle that they came up with all of a sudden, that DARPA had been experimenting with RNA gene therapy since 2011, and this is a D O D operation from the very beginning with this shot. What do you think, Dan? You know, Austin, I'm really glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that 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 show that part of it up too. And I've been saying that for years. And you know, we talked about that last week. You know, when you were in Vegas, I talked to the audience. I said, "How in the world do you put you know produce five billion vaccines? It's not possible within a few months. It's just not possible within a year." And they've had these things stored in these deep freezers for, you know, for years, if not decades. And that's why they were saying, well, they have to be stored at 275 degrees or 300 degrees below Fahrenheit. All this crazy nonsense. You think, what the heck? Who has a facility that can do that? Remember, they're having to send freezers out to these hospitals to transfer these frozen vials all over the country to keep them frozen like that. Because this was nanotechnology and they didn't want to have it basically, you know, get messed up and start to degrade. And they wanted to stop it and put it in some type of stasis by freezing it. 
and and it's and, it's, and I believe and I believe that you're one hundred percent right, Austin, with this article. I believe it was all DARPA produced. And we talked about this years ago when they started this mess. Nobody could develop this type of technology. Remember that one guy, I believe his name was Lieber, out of out of Harvard, and he ended up getting arrested for selling Chinese secrets. But he was like the leader in the world in nanotechnology. And you know, we reported that on this show, and like nobody else did. We even talked about his father being involved in nanotechnology. And he was, you know, hardcore Kabbalist, Luciferian, you know, synagogue of Satan kind of guy, right? And so we got to understand who these people are and what they do and the technology that's been revealed to them. It's everywhere. Now, they had a new article that came out on Drudge and it said the Earth's population has exceeded $8 billion, 8, 8 billion people now, and we're exceeding the resources of the planet and we're massively overpopulated. And it's all lies. It's all lies. Five billion people have been injected with mRNA vaccines, which is going to render a lot of them permanently sterile. It's going to mess up their ovaries. It's going to mess up their testicles. It's going to mess up everything. It's going to mess up their hormone production. It's going to mess up them going into puberty. This is off-world technology, guys. This isn't from around here. This goes back to Genesis chapter 6. It goes back to the Bible talked about the aliens that came in via the fallen angels, etc., whatever you want to call them. They came in and basically experimented with the human population, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. You created Nephilim. And started doing all of this stuff, creating a hive mind on the planet, which every thought was evil all of the time. And God had enough of that, and he came and he flushed the entire planet. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, which is Genesis chapter 6, so shall it be upon my return. And guys, it's important. Listen to me. I had a great prayer meeting this morning with God. I mean, I just had a, I mean, I had a doggone celebration. I had a full hour prayer time, and it was absolutely wonderful. And I thought to myself, you know, it's so important that we all continue to pray. And I really prayed you guys up today. I really prayed for you. And, and, and the Lord started showing me things this morning. And it was, it was really kind of revealing to me about associations and relationships and friendships and everything else. And, and what he showed me was this. You know, everybody's got baggage in their lives. Everybody's got things in their lives that are either good or bad. And a lot of people get past the baggage. A lot of people don't get ever past the baggage. A lot of times baggage kind of follows you around. And sometimes you can drop the baggage. Sometimes the baggage is chained to you. You can't get rid of it, and you're kind of stuck with the baggage. And, and I started to realize that you know, when we agree on almost everything like we do on this show, I mean we do. You guys, I love you guys. I appreciate you. And you guys are awesome to me. I pray for you every single day. You start to understand that you don't have to agree on everything. You, know, you may think, well, I don't agree with Austin with this, or I don't agree with Ted with this, but it doesn't matter. If we get an A with you guys, or even a B, if we agree on 80%, which is a low B, but it's the B nonetheless, or even if we get a C, 70%. It's still better than, you know, a lot of people in which you don't agree with anything. I mean, you know, are they relate? Are, are they, does a person have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do they believe in the most high God? Do they have a relationship with the great I am? You know, are they Christians? Or are they not Christians? You know, are they conspiracy theorists? Woo, whatever that means. Or are they realists? Or are they going out and are you telling the truth about what's really happening? All of these things are important to understand. And that's why I love you guys. I mean, we got millions of you guys listening to the show now because we're in agreement. You know, we may not get it right every single time. We don't got an A-plus in every single interview we do with you guys. But guys, I'll tell you one thing about you guys, about me. I'm committed to you guys. I love you guys, and I really, really appreciate you. And I thank you for the support, and I thank you for all the emails you send to me personally. That means the world to me because, guys, if it wasn't for you guys supporting Health Masters, we simply wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to pay for this show or support this show or maintain the archives or anything. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because when you get your supplements or your toothpaste or whatever you're going to buy first, your purple sticks. I love purple sticks, by the way. And I've probably had too many of those this morning. I'm so I'm all geeked up. But the reality is, is that, you know, it really keeps us going because it gives us the support that we need. And, you know, one of the things that I really, really appreciate with people that are friends of mine is support. 
and, and not necessarily the, the financial support, but just support of sending me a letter and saying, hey, look, man, great job today, great show today. I mean, you're doing a great job. Ross is doing a great job because that builds unity and purpose, and it builds relationships, and I love you guys for that. I really, really, really appreciate you, and, and thank you for giving me an A or a B or sometimes a C, but thank you for listening and being here for me. I really appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. God bless. Absolutely. It's, it's ironic. I was just reading an article here. Somebody sent me, and it was about a Forbes, and it was a big Forbes article on why the U.S. has a diesel shortage, just like I was talking about earlier in the thing. And sure enough, you scroll down to the bottom of it. Well, the primary factor and the reason why we're having a diesel shortage is because of Ukraine and Russia. That's <laughs> what it says in Forbes magazine. And I just started laughing when I was reading it. And it said the primary reason is the cutoff of Russian imports. It talks about all the barrels of day of petroleum, petroleum products that are coming in. The United States have been cut off now because of Russia. Guys, this whole thing is designed to create a higher price point on everything. They're making billions, if not trillions of dollars on this in the long term. Always remember, when they start raising prices on diesel, everything that touches diesel goes up, just like I told Dad. Just like I told earlier when Dad was talking about Dad. This doesn't change the demand for usually goods and services because there's certain things that have to be transported. Semi-trucks have to drive it regardless. If semi-truck has to transport insulin or refrigerate a truck, it doesn't matter what diesel price goes to. And my point in saying this is if they play this game and they really try to do this, be very, very prepared on making sure you have backup products, whatever you need, whether you need purple sticks or B-complex or you want some extra food buckets – Anything that you may need now or in the future, make sure you're having at least a small to moderate backup supply of it. I tell people this all the time with everything because once you start seeing this happen and this fuel price start going through higher and higher and higher because they're intentionally shorting the market to create a higher price point on it, you're going to start seeing everything go up even further. This is why they go in waves. A couple months ago, oh, we're dropping fuel prices. Fuel prices are going down. Oh, then suddenly there's a shortage. It's going back up again. Oh, it's the Republicans' fault. It's going back up again. It's all designed to be a push, shove, back, up, back, up, back, up, and they do it over and over and over again. So they push forward, then they take a step back. Then they push a couple steps forward, and they take a step back. They do this intentionally. If you know how they play the game, you can hedge your bet properly, and you can make sure you're well-prepared for anything that you may need to be prepared for in the future. That's why you always do inventory on anything you need. It's funny. I was talking to uh, – on Saturday night, I was at dinner with dad and the family and everything, and my sister was there, and she was talking about how she had her Apple watch that she was she had worn, and basically she had lost her phone, and her watch was able to get her home with GPS because she was like way out of town. And I said, well, I that's a – cool you got an apple watch it's not something i ever wear uh but to each their own i said but i would just recommend i said i'm big on this i said i highly recommend that you have some hard maps i said cool fact triple a gives you free maps i said you can go to your local triple a or you can order them online and i said you need to order basically a central state aspect so central florida i said you need to order a whole state of florida you need to order a regional southeast map and you need to order an entire u.s map and I said, you need to throw those in a bag that you basically just have in your backpack, in your trunk, you know, with some flares in it, some, you know, a couple food bars in it, a little, you know, a couple things of water in it. And uh, I said, so in the event that 
you ever get stranded or you get stuck or the power goes out or you lose your cell phone and your watch, I said, you know what to do. If you break down in a rural area and you don't have service, you don't have signal, you know how to pack out. And the topographical map's really good too as far as if you ever have to hike out of something, even though Florida's pretty much just either swamp or dry land. We don't have a lot of mountains here to traverse. But I always encourage people to do that. I learned that a long time ago from an old ranger buddy because he said dude you got to be able to be backed up to hard hard maps because if something happens we've all gotten used to i grew up with hard maps on travels with parents but everybody's gotten used to a garmin and then basically the phones down the nas everybody's gotten so used to it most places people don't even know how to get 30 minutes away from their house without navigation anymore you can't figure it out so again make sure you're staying prepared make sure you're staying alert and resilient to anything that may be happening because there's a lot of really strange things that I think that are starting to happen over the next coming weeks. So continue to stay strong. Again, if you need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the product of the week, the B-Complex on sale for two more days here at healthmasters.com and vote for what you want to see win on Wednesday, whether it's the purple sticks, whether it's the tribulus fuel, whatever it is, be sure to check it out on the website at healthmasters.com. I really appreciate the continued support of everyone Keep pushing, my friends. It's good to be back with you guys. I'm glad I got to talk to you. But I had to get away for a week, and it was nice to go do some business and meet and see a lot of stuff that's going on in the automotive industry. So thank you for hanging with us last week and staying strong. Continue to keep the faith up. We'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>